Hello, welcome to the first Ground Fiction Podcast. My name is Seth Harwood. I'm the editor of Ground. I'm here today with Jane Bolden, who had a story that she'll be reading for us today from Ground Episode 1. The story is called Release. Jane, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your history as a writer? Okay, so um, I am a professor in international relations. Um, I live in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, and I've always written, you know, as far back as, as I can remember, um, really, even as a, a young kid, and, um, but I never thought about doing it in any way other than privately until about five years ago, and that's when I started taking classes, including a class from you, and joining the workshop after that. So I haven't done a ton of, having said I've always written, I haven't done a ton of writing is what I'm about to say, which seems an odd thing to say. What I mean is I haven't sort of in any disciplined way until about five years ago um, done any uh, fiction writing. And mostly what I've done is short stories and some poetry. And you've also done a lot of nonfiction, right? Yeah, I've done a lot of academic nonfiction writing in the field of international relations. Um, journal articles, books, all kinds of policy documents, that kind of thing. Yeah. I remember first reading your work and I thought this, this writer is really polished. She knows the craft. And I was really happy to see you. It's only recently that you've started finishing stories. So I'm really happy to see you start yeah. to finish these stories. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the process for putting this story together uh, for ground. It deals with some issues from COVID. So recording this in December, you must have started it after March. You wanna tell us a little bit about that process? Yeah, so um, one of the things that was happening at the beginning of the COVID lockdown and pandemic was the um, plight of people in long-term care homes, both in Canada and the US and in Europe. And there were a whole sort of, before we sort of got overwhelmed by the bigger picture stuff, there was this whole raft of stories that were coming out about the implications and the impact of lockdown and the rules around that and the um, implications for that for specific people in long-term care. And there were, you know, the stories ranged from the horrible, people being abandoned and um, not being able to see their family and dying alone to the other end of the spectrum where people rising to the occasion in that context to try to help people out. And I was, you know, and I, you hear stories, different individual stories, not just in the media, but locally as well. And it started me thinking about um, what it would involve to respond to a situation where you were trying to get somebody out of a home um, in a lockdown. I had recently been looking after a family member in a long-term care home. So it was kind of who died just before COVID. So it was kind of in my head, what would I have done in that situation? Um, so I wanted to sort of talk about that, if you like, but also I've always been interested in the sort of ordinary life stories and we hear all the big, you know, hero type stories, but we hear less about what people, everyday people do in exceptional circumstances that don't get noticed. And it's not always easy to do those things and they have unintended consequences. 
So I wanted to kind of put those two things together. Um, but I think it helped that it was all ongoing at the time that I was writing it. It kept kind of prompting me to finish in a way that I wasn't always doing with stories before that. I love thinking of short stories as the territory where sort of the heroes of the everyman populate. Um, yeah. You know, there's a long tradition of that in the 20th century. Uh, I, I would say in North American or in, in general in, in um, short fiction. So it's great to see your story fitting into that. I really like the territory of this story. Um, you have a part that you've chosen to read for us today? Right. So um, it's from the middle of the story, but really the only thing people need to know is that it's about a son going into a long-term care home to get his father out at a time of total lockdown at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and so he's already in the room and he's trying to get his father to come out with him. So that's where we pick up. Great. And this is from uh, the fall winter 2020 issue of Ground. Love to hear you read from the story. Okay, so it picks up, as I said, as he's in the room and he's sitting, he's squatted down next to his father, um, who's in a, a kind of lazy boy type chair. His father slumped a little in the chair and stared at his hands. He rubbed his right thumb back and forth across the top of his left hand as if there was a spot there. Billy stared at the veins throwing through the parch showing through the parchment skin. He reached over and took the remote control from the chair and hit the power button to turn the TV off, robbing the room of its strongest light. His father didn't react. For Billy, the silence was a relief. He put his hand on the arm of the chair. Look, Dad, he spoke slowly. We need to get you out of here so that you don't get sick, really sick. He waited. Dad? His father's thumb continued to travel back and forth across the back of his hand. Billy's knees were beginning to ache, so he stood up and straightened his back for a moment, then squatted down again. He reached up and pulled the elastic off his ear so the mask dropped down. Dad. His father looked at him this time. Billy realized that he hadn't been this close to his father's face in a meaningful way in a very long time, perhaps ever. Even in the gray light of the room, the view was jarring. His father's skin was loose and the stubble above his lips and around his chin was white and thin. His lips were pale and dry and the bottom lip was cracked. But the nose was as straight and strong as it had always been, and above it his father's hazel eyes stared back at him with full attention. Billy blinked. He shifted his weight and started again. Here's the situation, Dad. There's really only two choices. You can stay here on your own, really on your own, no visitors, no staff except them bringing your meals to the door. He gestured towards the tray in the kitchen. If you get sick, you'll stay here unless they need to take you to hospital. And if you go to hospital, none of us can come and be there with you. His knees were starting to ache again. He rolled his shoulders but stayed where he was, meeting his father's gaze. Or, he said, or you can come home with me and stay with me until it's safe to come back. He dropped his eyes and then raised them again. I know being with me is not your first choice, but it's really your only choice other than staying here. 
There was still no reaction from his father. Billy put his hand on the arm of the chair and pushed on it to ease himself back into a standing position. He looked at his father. The thing is, you have to decide right now. Once I leave, I can't come back. He reached for the elastic loop of the mask and pulled it back over his face. Take a minute to think about it. I'm going to do a last check to make sure I have all your meds. His father reached his hand over to the cane and looked up at Billy. Yes, he said. Yes? Yes, I'll come with you. His father's voice was thin somehow, but firm, and he spoke every word. His hand gripped the cane and he started to shift himself forward in the chair. Billy stood motionless for a moment, taken aback by the clarity of the decision. Right. Okay. Great, he said. Just hang on and let me find your walker, and then I think we're ready to go. Under the window, his father said, scooting his body forward again on the chair. Even with his walker, it took Billy's father longer than Billy would have thought possible to get out into the corridor and then down the door to the and then through the door to the stairway. The whole time, Billy worried that someone would appear and ask what they were up to. And it was only as his father passed the door of the room next to his that Billy thought about the possibility of cameras monitoring the halls. But there was nothing to do but keep going. One slow step after the other. One push of the walker after the other. Once they reached the top of the stairs, the challenge of what was ahead hit them both. They stood together looking down the cement stairs to the first landing. Can't do it, his father said. Great. Thank you for reading that. Uh, for those of you at home reading along, that was on page 111 up until 113 of Ground Fall Winter 2020. Um, I feel like we should also say that some of the setup of this story is that uh, Billy has snuck into the home. The, none of the right. staff realized that he's in there with his father and he sort of snuck in through a back door and right at the point where they start to look down the stairs, uh, his father realizes that they can't go down the concrete stairs with the walker and so they need to take the elevator which is complicated by the fact that taking the elevator means the staff will see them. So that, that's where we leave them at this point. And I think it's a great cliffhanger. Uh, you listeners can go read the rest of the story. Um, it definitely doesn't disappoint. disappoint. I think this story has a lot of heart in it. Um, What more do you want to say about the story or is there something you want to say about uh, your own ideas of story and sort of the arc of the character's emotions that you wanted to bring to this? Yeah, so actually those two things tie together. Um, as it was sort of implying earlier, I like the idea of sort of everyday ordinary characters in how they respond to normal and, and not normal circumstances. So I wanted to pick, um, I chose a father and son rather than a mother, mother and daughter because I wanted to pick the sort of slightly unexpected in that sense. One assumes that if there's a daughter, it would usually be them that would do this kind of thing. Um, and I also wanted to explore the fact that it's not 
easy to do this, that sometimes people quote unquote doing the right thing are doing so in a context that has a lot of emotional overlay. Um, and that all starts to come out in a situation where like this, where, you know, you're dealing with a crisis or you're trying to respond to um, um, in a way that you think somebody else is expecting you to act. And so the story arc is, 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 you know, that title release is about trying to get the father out, but it's more than that. It's also about the sort of arc of their relationship and that's, you know, parental child relationships or any family relationships um, um, are complicated and complex and it kind of gets encapsulated. I think, I hope in the um, short story, they kind of go through a process themselves, the father and son. Um, as part of the simple, not simple, but as part of the actual process, the practical process of getting out. Part what I part of what I really like about the part you chose to read is that the father seems pretty incoherent up to this point in the story. He doesn't seem responsive at all, and his first comment, or one of the first comments in the piece that you read, is where all of a sudden it it sort of clicks in that he's aware of what's going on. And he knows exactly what he wants. So it's almost like he sort of wakes up in that moment. I like that part. Yeah. And I think it um, reflects the fact that people can seem more out of it than they are when they've been isolated like that. Um, and even without lockdown, right? Lots of people are in these homes who do have family who just never go and see them. And, um, um, and that kind of shutting in isn't necessarily physical in older people. And so it does unlock sometimes. And yeah, you see that happening there. And that point uh, in COVID was a point where really a whole new level of isolation was gonna drop in. Uh, we had no idea how long it would go on for. We had no idea how, how dangerous it would be to be in these homes uh, with the possibility of, of infection spreading. I like this story because it really seems like it's not really clear what the right thing is to do either for Billy or his father. Billy's actually breaking some rules by going in and maybe doing yeah. the right thing. So it's a, it's a complex issue. How, how would you look back on it now, given that we know what we know? And I think at, at the point that you wrote it, we had no idea that things would go on this long. Right. And, and we had no idea um, as you say, what, how the infection would play out regardless of duration, like, you know, would it massively infect or would it peter out? And, um, you know, so there was a lot of, on top of the practical layers of people are being locked down, seniors are being shut in. There was all that uncertainty about how it would play out. And yeah, rereading it, I was struck by how long ago that seems and how so we in you know I was going to say in Canada it's mostly Canada but we in Ontario are about to go into like a really hard lockdown again mm -hmm. and but in looking back and in rereading the story it reminded me about that we'd been there but that we've then since been balancing those two elements trying to be semi-open and keep the disease at bay and it and it hasn't been working obviously but um 
it feels so much different to go into lockdown now than it did then when we didn't know so much. Yeah, I remember with my own, uh, I have a, my mother is in a, a home similar to this outside of Boston. And I remember the fear that, you know, if anyone in the, in the building got infected, it could spread through the, the heating ducts and everyone yeah. would get infected. And at that point, I had no idea what it would mean for people of that age to get infected, how much they would be wiped out. Ultimately, uh, my mother did test positive, but never showed any symptoms. So the whole thing has played out very strangely. And I just found out that they're having another lockdown in her building right after Christmas. Hmm. And it's possible that this is the third actually in that building. And I also heard that the building that my father was living in uh, before this started and he went back to his house that he shares with my stepmother, uh, that building is about to get, is on like the short list to get vaccines very early. So maybe he'll go back there to get a vaccine. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And at least now that's the other difference, right? Now there is at least the prospect of vaccine. So you kind of think, okay, we just need to get through this phase. But uh, yeah, and they, in the, you know, when I was writing, when I started this anyway, they, um, the rules around long-term care homes were so strict um, that, yeah, the character here, Billy, is violating them massively in order to get in um, and get his father. And now I, I think that would be, I don't think anybody would go that far again. Um, you know, the, the approach now is one more of balance. But it, I liked that, not liked, but I was intrigued by that constant decisioning decision making that constant balancing that billy is going through right of trying to do the right thing kind of feeling uncertain about doing the right thing because his father his relationship with his father isn't great breaking rules and originally when i conceived of it i was going to talk somehow get to the point that not only does he doing this but then he would have to stay at home for right. two weeks with his father locked in the two of them together from a sort of craft perspective in the end, I thought it was better to just get them to that point. And then, you know, the arc of their relationship takes place enough in the story that people can just for themselves imagine what follows. Yeah. And I remember when I read it, there's no way that I would have imagined that uh, Billy would have to take care of his father at his house for potentially seven or eight months which may or may right. not have wound up being what happened. But um, yeah, I think it's a great story. I, I love the twists and turns that it takes. And I really want to thank you for coming on to share some of it with our Ground Fiction podcast listeners. Thank you. And thanks to everybody who's listening. And please buy an issue of Ground. Yeah, Lots of can... great stories in it. Absolutely. We have, we have more of these podcasts coming with other authors from Ground One. Uh, you can buy the the print copy at uh, groundfiction.com as well as the ebook there. And we'll have more authors reading stories and talking about them coming to you here. You can also sign up for the Ground Fiction newsletter email at groundfiction.com. Thank you for listening and we'll be back soon with more. <laughs>